my friend, I have awful news. You have terrible anxiety. Yes. But there's a surefire cure. All you have to go do is go and see Pagliacci. Pagliacci's in town. Oh, all right. Fix you right up. All right. God damn it. <laughs> supposed to say, but doctor, I am Pagliacci. <laughs> For some reason, I thought you'd know that joke, but that was a lot to expect. No, I do not. (laughs) But, Doctor, I am Pagliacci. I know it's a play about a clown. There's a clown in there. He's a sad clown. I know that much about it. He could play a trumpet with his butt. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's true. (laughs) Yep, everything we say in this podcast is automatically true. Yeah, well, that sucked. Shall we try a different one? Sure. (laughs) horrifying honking off in the distance (laughs) Ah, it's me the killer clown (laughs) with my big knife and my cartoonish red nose excellent i reach over and honk it real quick excellent fully work wake up in the middle of the night just to hear hear that like distantly a few rooms away honk <laughs> honk everyone loves a good honk everyone loves a good honk honk if you love honk honk well feel <laughs> bad cause I have a lot of good stuff for this episode but none of it makes for a good intro that's okay hi Caitlin welcome to Stone Houses <laughs> I'm Bernadette, happy to be here. <laughs> An amateur guide to fiction, fable, and folklore. Do you not like how I have, I'm have? i wearing my sweater right now? It's excellent. It is cold in this room. Yeah. I'm wearing it all all pulled up like the vine. Like the Like, the like on vine. vine. Like on vine. Like on vine. <laughs> how you pull your sweater in real tight, your hoodie up. You gotta, put it, behind your, you gotta put it behind your ears, too. I'm not doing that. Yeah. That's cold. <laughs> that would make me cold. Uh... Welcome to Stone Houses, an amateur guide to fiction, fable, and folklore. I'm Laura Bernadette Meeker. And I'm Caitlin Bruder. And Dr. We Are Pagliacci. (laughs) (laughs) We are kind of playing a little bit fast and loose with our our, uh, themes here. episode topic today. Are we? I think we are. I think we're doing great. I think it's our show and we can do whatever we want with it, but we are what? playing a little bit fast and loose. Clowns are a huge part of pop culture. Because we have a pop culture corner, it's not necessarily the tagline of our show. But it's part of our collective imagination and I think that qualifies it. I'm very into it. I'm not saying I don't like it. Well, I'm just saying I'm just saying it's our show and we get to do whatever we want with yeah, it. So don't we're let, talking about clowns. Don't let the audience doubt you for a second. <laughs> uh, we are god of our small, small domain. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Our tiny, many-cornered house mm-hmm. made of stone and folklore, and that's where we reside and where our party takes place. I'm excited to talk about clowns. Me too. So, uh, I don't know where you want to start. Because mine goes way back. I'm ready. I'm down for that. So, and I swear to God that this is relevant. For you to understand the history of clowning, you gotta go back to ancient Greece. And I realize we're... I'm mostly gonna talk about um, uh, Western theater right here because in Eastern theater there are still painted faces and masked actors, but they tend uh, to 
not carry the degree of scorn and uh, <laughs> fear. Um, and in some cases, they have a great deal of culture and dignity, like kabuki theater and mm-hmm. no masks. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll talk about the wild, wacky world of Western theater instead. Mm-hmm. Way back when, uh, it is it is theorized <laughs> that theater in the Western world started as part of a kind of a kind of codified ritual. So people would have rituals to the gods, whatever, because uh, you know gods are in charge. You want to make them happy. Um, and there were festivals of uh, of like rituals performing worship to Dionysus, and particularly who you know into grapes, into goats, into having a good time. Um, so they had this thing called the uh, tragedia, which was a ritual that involved sacrificing a goat and wearing a mask. But in the long term, the thing is that performances are fun. And to hold a civilization together or a city together, ever heard the phrase blood and cir- or bread and circuses? No, I haven't actually. So the idea is, I'm going to Google it so I get it right. <laughs> bread and circuses is apparently defined as a diet of entertainment or political policies on which the masses are fed to keep them happy and docile. <laughs> Basically, comedy is both, I think that's not exactly what I'm trying to get at because it, it talks about comedy and um, entertainment as a political tool, which it definitely was. Mm. I mean, there's a reason that jesters exist is that they're the one person who's allowed to make fun of the king without being beheaded <laughs> and even sometimes <laughs> got, sometimes anyway messed up yeah but uh when you had city cities having uh entertainment that could uh that could involve a lot of people that was open to the public that wasn't just like one person in a room playing an instrument had a great value right mm. like that's a way to keep people you know from doing bad things. They're off watching the show. It's fine. That's actually a tactic RAs use that we did a lot in, like, yeah, man. housing was, like, we would throw events. Bread and circuses. Mm-hmm. On high- Pancake night. <laughs> we would, we would throw events on, like, high-risk nights to make sure that we could keep our kids in the dorms and not out doing stupid shit. Did it always work? No. But, you know, if anyone's gonna be out doing bad stuff, they would be, but it is very funny that that is... <laughs> yes, so a lot of these early things involved masks, because uh, picture, if you will, big crowd, hard to read emotion on yeah, yeah. person standing very far away with their dumb human face. <laughs> so pantomime became a thing, the idea of like really expressive, mm-hmm. over-the-top gestures, uh, they would have masks with expressions painted on them, some of them would even have, you can see it, mimicked in some gargoyle things, like, uh, like, megaphone mouths in yeah. an attempt to project the music, um, members of the chorus who would sometimes, like, literally just, like, we are reading out the action that is happening, so <laughs> everyone can know, <laughs> would stand on, like, stilts. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it had to do with visibility and mm-hmm. readability. And this manifests in... Like, the East, in really interesting ways, there's an entire, like, dictionary of facial expressions in Indian theater. That's cool. Uh, that is so interesting to read, and you should go into it, but it's, uh, in Greek, it, uh, in ancient Greece, there were all kinds of plays. Do you know what a satyr play is? That I do, yes. Yeah. Comedy, lots of, uh, of 
big fake dongs. Uh, mm-hmm. Look, people have always found generally similar things funny. Sex, bodily functions, mm-hmm. uh, animals, mm-hmm. and uh, comedic violence. <laughs> so all of those wrap it up. Seder play. Mm-hmm. You know, people fall on their asses, people crapping on goats. In, <laughs> in Midsummer Night's Dream, Queen Titania fucks a donkey. <laughs> so, that whole thing, uh, with the masks in particular, later inspired Commandy Dale Arte, which did happen in Rome, so same, mm-hmm. well, not same general area, but same general tradition, because, mm-hmm. um, the Romans were real horny for Greek As stuff. we discussed in the, in the past. If you ever, if anyone a- asks you what you know about ancient Romans, just say, they were real horny for Greek stuff. Mm-hmm. And you would be correct. Yes. Uh, but the Commedia dell'arte, uh, if you ever see in, like, in Hamlet, you know the players? Mm-hmm. Um, they have, like, a wagon, and they're all dressed up, and they have comical makeup, and one that was, like, kind of making fun of uh, how actors and uh, theater companies worked at the time, because he was being a bitch. But um, Commedia dell'arte is like an older tradition, so it's more codified um, because obviously they didn't have uh, they didn't have means to like perfect this script and then you ship out identical copies and then, you know, Mm. uh, everything had to be repeatable and um, appeal to a pretty big audience um, so you'd have stock characters that people could go into it's like an improv like imagine an improv game where you say like oh you're playing the fool you're playing the old man and it was basically like that that mm. they would do partially improvised but sometimes scripted comedy where they know these old jokes but in Commedia dell'arte they had these masks <laughs> you know what I'm talking about um, that if you think of, like, um, a Harlequin, mm-hmm. same deal, although Harlequins are more, I'd say, like, festival-ish. Yeah. Probably if you think of uh, Commedia dell'arte, you're thinking of a Zanny. Again, can't find a good pronunciation guy on that. Sorry, Italians. <laughs> um, they were really famous, really well-known. Everyone loved them. Or rather, they would go and perform at a bunch of things. Uh, it was a professional role. It involved a lot of slapstick, you know, falling on your face, still walking, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, stuff like that. And eventually, uh, Commedia dell'arte either split or was kind of uh, co-developed with the idea of clowning. Mm-hmm. So someone who is professionally good at clowning is someone who is good at physical comedy yeah. <laughs> uh, falling on their face um, being very expressive and over the top um, the like recognizable character that we think of are the white clown with the red red hair and that's the August mm-hmm. um, but it's worth saying that clowning and like circus culture is incredibly intense and long. Yes. Like, as far back as there has been Commedia dell'arte, there have been people who have spent, who have family legacies of being (laughs) in clowning or being in performance because it's really physically rigorous. Mm -hmm. Um, It 
can be a really insular culture. Often these were traveling things, like eventually traveling circuses became mm -hmm. really famous. And that becomes a kind of, um, you're an outsider, but you're also a performer. Mm -hmm. um, and that kind of turns it into more insular communities. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, like, if you're moving around that often, like, that, that, the people, the only constant in your life is th those people around you, so. different enough from the day-to-day -day of someone who, like, makes bread and stick, stays in the same town their whole life that, uh, it makes sense that mm -hmm. there would be an intense and very different culture yeah. surrounding clowning. Um, so, as far as I know, it's not that common for people who aren't from circus families to be like, I wanna be a clown, but... Uh, they did get famous all over the world. They were in, you know, variety shows and everything because I'm not a big clown person, but have you ever seen, like, the Cirque du Soleil clowns? I've... Well, I've seen Cirque du Soleil. I don't know if we had specifically... Um, I forget which one it is in, but it's kind of a classic, uh, kind of, like, big movements, exaggerated, mm -hmm. have the painted on faces so they're very readable, mm -hmm. and it draws a lot into pantomime, which popular in Britain in a in a direct kind of evolution of Commedia dell'arte with um, you know the pantomime horse yeah. which directly evolved from asses and centaurs in ancient Greece. Excellent. Excellent. All right, that. <laughs> and uh, you kind of have like the Punch and Judy characters which mm -hmm. are a further distilled version of pantomime uh, methodology. <laughs> So it just, like, keeps getting distilled and distilled and distilled. And then you have circus clowns who are kind of, like, jack-of-all-trades, but also um, very intense performers. And yeah. <laughs> uh, clowning in, I want to say, like, the 18th century onward until uh, circuses fell out of popularity. A pretty intense <laughs> lifestyle, as far as I can tell. Um, some of the most famous clowns that have really kind of solidified what people think about are Grimaldi. Mm -hmm. um, and he did, the, like, the white face makeup design that ended up influencing a lot of people later on. Mm -hmm. uh, he used the role of the clown in British pantomimes, including at uh, the Theatre Royale <laughs> in Drury Lane. And it, he, was, he was a very famous guy. I think maybe he did a farting thing. <laughs> the point is, maybe. like, physical comedy. <laughs> It's Queen Victoria loved fart <laughs> Stuff like that. Excellent. And um, later on, there were some other famous clowns. So, as we talked about, Pagliacci is a opera play about, you know, the tears some, of the clown. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. Um, but there are also a bunch of other kind of... Uh, subversive takes on clowns that happened before uh before say pennywise came around <laughs> um um so clowns in general the whole concept of a it's the uncanny valley thing of like yeah. a face on top of a face mm -hmm. the idea of someone whose whole thing is like i'm happy is inherently kind of like um untrustworthy to people mm -hmm. and especially when it's literally painted on their face but um People like to trace it back to Edgar Allan Poe had a few things with like the masks hop, and stuff. The yeah, hot frog is that what it's called? Yeah, the idea of, I think the idea of someone who is uh, outwardly very cheerful and um, <laughs> over expressively 
stupid or, or a little bit intense yeah. intense is unsettling but specifically the ones that people come back to are the joker mm-hmm. which is a very obvious one mm-hmm. uh and then pennywise yes um and there have also been some uh, at least one real life nasty clown but we can talk about that in a bit mm-hmm. uh know the joker from everyone's <laughs> new favorite film where i guess he dances on some stairs yeah i've not seen it i don't intend to <laughs> look it's not good i am look don't go see it people don't <laughs> don't support this tomfoolery <laughs> You either like the Adam West version of the Joker or you're trash. <laughs> <laughs> the Joker. Mm-hmm. It's funny. It's great because you think he's going to make jokes, but instead he stabs people. Get it? Like, that's the, the origin. <laughs> yeah, <there>. yeah. <laughs> His joke was that he hated everything and stabbed people and blew stuff up mm-hmm. and uh, poisoned the water supply and stuff. Excellent. Yeah, but... Um, the smiling on the outside, evil on the inside, nasty man. Mm-hmm. Like, that's something we can kind of get behind. Creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm into it. Mm-hmm. Not into Joaquin Phoenix's weird <laughs> egotistical nightmare thing, but <laughs> you know, he's got he's got a theme. Joker mm-hmm. playing card. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Harlequin? Mm-hmm. Harley Quinn? Harley Quinn? Wow. Oh, wow. clever. <laughs> Sorry, I got just mad. <laughs> but, um, the one I like is Pennywise. <laughs> Who's a nasty clown. Nasty evil clown. Brandon did threaten that they were going to buy a life-size cardboard cutout of Pennywise Alex? for our apartment. Yes, but it was too expensive, so I just got you a tiny Pennywise you blush. Did. Was it the, were you looking at a Bill Skarsgård one or the Tim Curry one? Either. They're all like a hundred dollars. I feel like it, if it was the Bill Skarsgård one, I think it would be too much for me, but I feel like I'd be endeared by a, a Tim Curry one. Yeah, we like a Tim Curry kind of wise, <laughs> but um, both of the clowns very famous. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the best, most famous one we can talk about in real life <laughs> that made people very upset uh, is... Pogo? <laughs> John Wayne Gacy, well-known serial killer and rapist, um, performed at children's parties as Pogo the Clown, Mm -hmm. which is... Terrifying. Yeah, awful. He didn't, though, his whole thing was... He didn't kill people in clown, but when he was in prison afterwards, he worked with, like, a publicist or someone to, like, put out that imagery of the killer clown, where, like, it was either him or they had some depictions of him as the clown as the killer. I understand that, like, there's an entire subculture that's, like like, obsessed with serial murderers and criminals, but some of the, like, stuff that he's been allowed, he was allowed to do and, like, be a part of after being in jail is, like, pretty nasty. Don't, like, the, let yeah. this dude benefit off of killing young boys. Yeah. He doesn't great. deserve that. No. Like, come no. on, man. Yeah. But, uh, that's my bad talking, words hard history of clowns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as, as you can probably kind of tell from the rear end of that, we're kind of going to be focusing a little bit on um, why are clowns so creepy? Because this is our final October episode, or our, so this is our Halloween-y, I guess? But we're going to talk about scary clowns. 
which is very intriguing, and I feel like I know more about clowns now than I've ever needed to in my life, which I is think clowns starling. are really interesting. It's very, yeah. I still don't like them because anyone in, like, um, like, costume kind of, uns- like, when I was a kid and we would go to Disney World and there's, like, the character costume, mm-hmm. I would be, like, freaked out by it because <laughs> I, I knew even as, like, a a four-year-old, like, there's, there's a, a person, person in there! <laughs> They're just pretending! You're yeah. a liar! <laughs> yeah, I do know... I, I... Taking... My mom tried to take us to see the Easter money as kids, and it was just... I was like, no! <laughs> One of our friends is afraid of mascots, and I don't remember who it is. Mascot, that type so, of costume. Yeah. that I don't find mascot costumes... Uh, oh, you know what are the only good mascot <laughs> costumes? Are those Japanese mascot costumes? Those are excellent. cute. That one I would hug. I was like, mm. I know there's a person in there, but they're making a cute <laughs> thing come to life. That's what I meant to. Mm. I think a lot of mascot costumes look like fursuits, and that's not against fursuits. That's saying that they could do better, that mascot costume could do better <laughs> and be better. God. I mean, Why are American mascot costumes so ugly when Japan has, like, a cute corn? I want a cute corn! I want to hug a cute corn! Yeah, I mean, we don't need to say words about it, but the mascot at our school that we went to... Oh, <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Awful! Imagine, if you will, like, the worst Max Headroom style, like lantern jaw, wide head, <laughs> head the shape of a rounded square. Mm-hmm. Just awful. Very, very, Butt like, un- un- yeah, unnecessarily chiseled. Yeah. It was one of the many blue devils, which, if you ever get bored, just Google blue devil's mascot, and there's a great variety mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. There's so much to love, so much to hate. <laughs> we did have a good time just ripping to shreds our... <laughs> our mascot at any opportunity but i do feel kind of bad for whoever played them because they were probably pretty passionate i actually knew i knew my freshman year i knew the one of the one of the mascot people (laughs) i don't have you're not allowed to know but i I don't have any problem with mascots i think they can be really fun uh and like I like seeing the sausage guys at that's, you know about yeah, the, yeah okay. we, we yeah, the I sausage love run and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think that's really fun, and I think like oh look it's them and they're dancing. Fun clowns. Clowns are upsetting because they're not. It's the clown. Uh, <laughs> I think the thing that is upsetting about clowns is that it open. It did just open. The door did just open. Way. <laughs> I'm not getting up. Nope. <laughs> It's fine. <laughs> We're fine. Um, is that you can see the face, mm-hmm. and then they put another face over mm-hmm. that. And grease paint smells funny. It also has a terrible name. Yeah, I mean, it was made of grease. <laughs> Uncanny Valley, in terms of when you can kind of see both what something actually is and what it is pretending to be. Yeah. And it's just like, no thanks. That's one of the things that I saw, like, a lot about talking, um, about, like, why people find clowns so scary, and it's the, like you said, the overly cheerful whatever, but the painted face over the top of, painting an expression over the top of a face that is, like, smiling or happy or something, while the face underneath does something else is, like, 
can, is a very uncanny valley, very, there's a dissonance there that, like, our also, brains don't like very much. And maybe this is just me, but I think clowns occupy a space that, like, say, have you ever watched, like, Pee Wee Herman or mm-hmm. um, Mr. Bean? This element of, like, their character, as a part of being jestery, etc., is allowed to break, like, social boundaries. Yeah. And it's supposed to be over the top and, like, step over lines because that's part of what makes clowning and jesters work. Yeah. But if you're someone who is introverted or shy, the idea of someone coming into your space and overstepping those boundaries is legitimately terrifying, especially if they're a stranger in a strange costume (laughs) and they are physically... Uh, impeding on your space Mm -hmm. like that's incredibly unsettling and I think part of the reason why um, a lot of probably introverted children probably extroverted but Mm. particularly people who have a really strong sense of a personal space bubble Mm -hmm. would be so upset by a clown yeah because they are coming into that and oh uh, yeah overstepping boundaries and stuff and that is really hard also um people who might have like volume sensitivities mm-hmm. or be or have really strong empathy have a hard time watching like slapstick like, oh, and like look, this person did yeah. something so embarrassing yeah i can't handle it like when i was a kid i couldn't watch peewee herman because mm-hmm. i got such bad secondhand anxiety they're, yeah but there are also people like the germans love mr bean that's a <laughs> famous thing they play mr <laughs> bean all the time uh, <sighs> it, it's just a very different like some people just have different reactions Mm -hmm. to different stimulus and um for me i can watch a clown from 50 feet away and think he fell that's pretty (laughs) funny or he's on fire and he's acting normal (laughs) um but if they were in my space it would be a lot i would it would take actual restraint not to become physical in that situation (laughs) that's fair because it's so upsetting to me mm-hmm. it's like the whole like i'm not touching you i'm not touching yeah, yeah, yeah. you're just like i'm gonna i'm gonna rush yeah. your brain <laughs> that's actually something the being able to overstep and like do whatever they want is something that um ben radford talks about and it's a book i think it came out like two or three years ago bad clowns um and he talks about how that he this is ben radford by the way is considered an expert on the phenomenon of being afraid of clowns. Oh, nice. Like, that's, like, his thing. He wrote Have we said chlorophobia? Cal- yeah, c- chlorophobia, is that how you say it? Cal- fine. Uh, cal- I don't, C-O- Cowerf- It's C-O-U-L- Cauliflowerphobia. Cauliflowerphobia. C-O-U-L-R-O-P-H-O-B-I-A. You could a cauliflower to look like a clown. You could. You I definitely could. want to, but you could. Cholrophobia, calrophobia, however you would like to say it, is the fear of clowns. Not, and like, like the phobia of clowns. Yeah. Not just like, ooh, clowns kind of freak me out, but like people who will actually like, like, cl- like claustrophobia, like all of the I've things that... I've told you I found my phobia now, right? No. Um, squeezes and caving. Like, oh, just looking at them yeah. mm-hmm. makes my heart speed up. Mm-hmm. But I also keep looking at them because <laughs> I'm fascinated by that sensation. Like, wow, I'm not there. I'm not being put in danger by this, but it is making my body have a fear response, and that's fascinating to me. I have a couple that, like, it would be fascinating, but it is too so hard, hard for me. Watch, like, the descent and be I like, oh my, why is my body like this? <laughs> you know, I have ones that will throw me into a full panic and not just, like, the verge of, so, like, I can't, yeah, I can't no, push my boundaries. <laughs> I can't imagine having a response greater than I have. It would be uncontrollable, and that's why I have a great deal of sympathy for people with actual phobias. Uh, Colorphobia, 
must be very bad. There are a lot of stories of, like, people in, like, you, when you go through haunted houses and stuff, punching clowns and stuff. <laughs> like, be it, well, I mean, like, or I guess just actors in general, but... Argument. There are stories about people punching clowns. Punching clowns is is mentally acceptable because they are slapstick performers, so you think of them as being made of rubber, like, oh, no, no, like, obeying cartoon rules. Yeah. Like, it's... When you hear someone, oh, they punched a clown, that's funny, and not just like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> it is a funny sense. It's not out of a hatred of clowns, it's just because you think of them as obeying different physical laws. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. But yeah, they do, they do, they are kind of like on their own wavelength, which is what I was talking about with Ben Radford. He writes about that, like, looking through history, that, like, generally clowns and, like, these trickster characters, whatever, are, are these, these characters are seen as tricksters and fools and whatever, but they are always in control, they speak their minds, and they can get away with doing almost anything. Yeah. So that's that, like, liter- that uncomfort level. It's it's such a weird phenomenon. And this is... <laughs> he writes, Professional clowns are not generally fond of the bad clown or evil clown persona. They see that type of clown as the rotten apple in the barrel whose ugly sight and smell cast suspicion on the rest of them and do not wish to encourage or propagate cholerophobia. <laughs> And then writes at another point in the thing, while being sympathetic to people who do clown things now as, like, a career or whatever, it's a mistake to ask when clowns went bad because they were never really good. I was like, bold, bold of you. (laughs) I feel bad. I've met or I've watched in person, uh, I forget where it was, but I've seen clowns perform, like, female and male clowns working together. And, like, it is... A, br- a high degree of skill, like, people who are really good at it, mm-hmm. like, doing good physical comedy and doing it safely, it's the yeah. same as, like, pro wrestling. It requires yeah. a, a really high degree of skill. Mm-hmm. It re- requires a high degree of commitment. And you can see it and think, like, that's really cool. I don't want it in my face. <laughs> but I think a lot of that might be the, um, the visual aspect mm-hmm. And because we've been coded in the last 50 years to be like, mm, I'm a karate <laughs> The, oh man. Well, I mean, speaking of wrestling, there is a pro wrestler who does have a clown persona. Is it Doink, I think, is, is the name? That seems like a really good uh, synergy just because, like, obeying <laughs> cartoon rules. Mm-hmm. Um, being very exaggerated. That seems like a match made in heaven. Mm-hmm. I think there might be a couple, but the one that I think is most well-known is Doink the Clown, who is a pro-wrestling uh, individual or persona. Um, That's cool. Yeah. The modern archetype that we know of now as of, like, the evil clown, the monster clown, the scary clown, like, being startled by clowns, like we talked about earlier, did kind of start... For picking up, I guess, with most popularity, would have been in the 40s with the Joker, mm-hmm. like we talked about. And then it made a resurgence, again, like we talked about earlier, with Pennywise in Stephen King's It in the 80s. So it kind of, like, it's coming in waves. And now again, we're talking about clowns again in a, in a high degree of intensity in pop okay. culture. A couple years ago, yeah, there was yeah. the clown scare. Oh, like, yeah. People were dressing up as clowns and, like, just hanging out. I think it was on Norfolk? There, it was... It, it all over the place. ending up anywhere. There was, like, my my roommate that year, uh, a poor freshman roommate, came back to the room one day, like, like so freaked out because someone had been, like, lurking in the stairwells of the dorms dressed as a clown. Jesus Christ. She, I think she 
punched him. <laughs> nice. If I remember where she was about to or missed or whatever, but she did, I think, was about to take a swing at this clown. I was like, good on you, man. I um, I was just thinking the good version of this edgy Joker film would be if it was the same kind of incel propaganda, but like, yeah, you see the world, it's all messed up. Time to go away, shit. But his secret plans were the same as from uh, the Batman movie with Adam West, where he's trying to turn uh, the UN into powder. Excellent. <laughs> and with those goons. Oh, man. That's very fun. Only look. <laughs> only works when it's cartoonish. Mm-hmm. You stupid bastards. <laughs> You're trying too hard. Oh, man. I think one of my favorite quotes that I found through all of this was there was a study from the University of Sheffield, Sheffield that said, quote, that clowns are universally disliked by children. Some found them quite frightening and un- unknowable. Yeah, they did it. It's um, very dramatic and good. There was this hospital, I forget which one it was, where they had a, there was a charity that would, like, come in and, uh, uh, you know, like, try to cheer up kids by dressing up as clowns. Mm-hmm. And then they did a poll and 100% of the responders said, I don't want to see a clown. I don't need to see a clown in my life. Well, it's something, there was another, uh, like, I think it was a psychology professor or something was talking about in, within the scope of Uncanny Valley, but with specifically kids seeing, like, a familiar shape of humanoid body, but with, like, an unfamiliar face that is in that uncanny valley scope and is kind of startling and upsetting really freaks people out so i why do people like the polar express movie i think about that <laughs> all the time they have dead eye stares dead eyes <laughs> i don't want to see awful plastic tom hanks except in toy story and which is it <laughs> i'm going to a murder mystery party and the character i'm playing is the conductor and i was like i was like i need to cope with the name and our friend brennan was like just be tom hanks <laughs> <laughs> hi my name is tom hanks fuller express hi i'm i'm tom hanks so that's on the table currently <laughs> i like that a lot oh i do want to briefly say that Clown College, while a fun joke that people do about mm. a potential career path. Again, I cannot state enough that I think clowning, like professional clowning, takes a huge degree of skill and in some aspects is super cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that there are definitely uses for it in the world. However, Clown College was apparently just uh, a Venice, Florida, Baraboo, Wisconsin. Mm. And Sarasota, Florida, um, brainchild of Irvin Feld, the owner of Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey. Oh wow! Um, and the idea was that there would be a school in which they could train people in this particular art form. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does. It it did cl- close in 1997, but uh, they trained a lot of people, and it was apparently a very intensive program. That's like really recently. That's not that long ago. Yeah, uh, it moved from Venice, Florida to Baraboo, Wisconsin, which is the hometown of the Ringling Brothers. Excellent. Look, you don't have a lot to do in Wisconsin. Yeah. That's why we also you can, had a We're talking about you can either stay home in the winter when everything's frozen, or you can go to Cloud College. So there's, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's Wisconsin. Or you, what did, what did, what the... The most accurate thing about that 70s show is how much they hang out in their mom's basement. Mm-hmm. I mean, what did, what were we talking about the other day where I was like, uh, Wisconsin, home to Dungeons and Dragons and also murderers. Yes. 
it's dark so often. It's it's cold. Look. Uh, but, you know, people are trying to do that thing. I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. You may be interested to know that Commedia dell'arte has enjoyed a really, like, big artistic um, uh, resurgence mm-hmm. in Europe. Cool. I think that's super cool. That's interesting. If you've ever seen... Um, Everything's cyclical. <laughs> yeah. If you've ever seen uh, Cirque du Soleil, which I know um, there's this weird concept that Cirque du Soleil, they do have, like, a couple of adult shows, but it's not, like... It's artistic. Yeah. It's good, and you should see it if you can, because it's great. How often do you get to see a person do things that, like... There's an element where you see someone do something, and you're like, if I did that, my entire body would collapse. Snap in half like a glow stick. Like, I can't... Like, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. It's so good, but... um. I can't even do, like, a handstand, so, like, I am so just, like, I'm I marvel at that stuff. I can't do a good push-up. Yeah. <laughs> And they have, like, a dude who can do, like, truth, but he's just on one hand. It does, like, you know what I'm talking about? It's amazing. But uh, there's just such a big value in those shows of nonverbal communication um, and big movement. Not necessarily dancing. Some Mm. of them, they have dancing. But just in being able to communicate an entire character through a costume mm-hmm. and through movement. Yes. And that's super cool. It's very awesome. Live performing and things like that of that nature are just kind of mind-blowing. I will say that one of my favorite things that I saw was that in the 90s, there was a, a, like a sudden insurgence of websites dedicated to evil clowns. <laughs> And the fear of clowns. Well, and I mean, that's when websites happen. So I like I, but I mean, that. like, but like, it was like, I like to there think was that a, all the people who wanted to talk about evil clowns were just the same people who wanted to make websites. Probably <laughs> that, that that Venn diagram is a circle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every website ever made for the first ten years of the internet was about evil clowns. No, um, so I think that's very. Funny. I think there were probably like, what are they called? Web circles or whatever the. the just everyone's linking to everyone else's evil clown sites. Argument. The whole Five Nights at Freddy, like, spooky mascot mm. character. Same concept. Mm. I realized that we just burned an entire uh, evil mascot potential episode where we could discuss the deep lore of Five Nights at Freddy, but look. <laughs> I, it's same general idea if you mm. don't, like, get it. Mm-hmm very scary this actually all of this research did um remind me of unfortunately having to remember a it was like folklore no it was just kind of like a scary story that people told all the time when i was growing up that was like there's a babysitter and she's watching this kid and she's there alone in this big house and she see like every time she goes to check in the kid she passes this like clown statue that freaks she's scared freaks out by it and eventually she just covers it with like a blanket or a coat or whatever and covers it up because she doesn't want to look at it anymore and then uh, a little later the parents call check in how everything's going and she's like yeah it's all great kids asleep whatever whatever oh I did cover up that clown statue in the hallway because it was freaking me out a little bit and the parents are like we don't we don't have a clown statue (laughs) (laughs) and that like I remember being so scared by that as a kid like I, I as someone who babysat frequently, um, has bad anxiety and is, like, easily, like, 
media and stories and stuff with an overactive imagination and all of that influenced me very heavily. So, like, I would get so scared by that story. I hated it so much. Awful bad. You've heard my one clown story, but I will tell it for the podcast. So good. I was over at, when I was maybe 11, 12, I was at a sleepover and we were watching the original It miniseries. (laughs) And, uh, at some point, the girl who was hosting her older brother, who was, like, old enough that, like, eh, he maybe hung out for a while, but he was, like, too old to Too cool, it. yeah. Like, too cool for... <laughs> disappeared, and I was like, okay. Uh, and so we finished the series. Uh, I absorbed none of it, because I was just kind of, like, tired or something. Yeah. But, uh, but the brother is nowhere to be seen. Movie, or show wrapping up, and then, bang, on the basement window. You know those high... <laughs> Uh, basement windows, and it's her brother wearing a clown mask <laughs> at a dark window. And, uh, I don't remember if I was really freaked out, but I did want to punch him very bad. I would have, one, screamed, and then, like... I probably did scream. Died. Like, I... You know, <laughs> and then fell, <laughs> fell dead. Just keeled over dead. But, like, again, we were talking about nervous. I'm nervous. You weren't with us when we watched the miniseries. It's not that scary, I'm frightened very easily, and I absorb and am influenced by media very well. Also, we know one of my big fears, I don't like dark windows. If I can't see anything out a window, I can't look at it, because it'll freak me out too bad. So also, it would be that on top of being influenced by the media we just watched, being easily startled would have just culminated in a heart attack for me, I think, at that stage in my life. Ugh. I, okay... So the thing that blows my mind about it mm-hmm. is that Pennywise uses a clown form to attract children. Yep. Which, no, I love the miniseries on the movie. Mm-hmm. None of those clowns are gonna get a kid to go over there. I will say, if if you want to take it in a direction to justify it, the the Pennywise it the creature mm-hmm. feeds on fear and be, making people That's unsettled. True. So. He can do his best to lure people in while still being unsettling and, you know, yeah. feeding off of the, the unease that he sets in the children. But Modern I don't think that was the way. dressed as that pink Fortnite animal. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. What a terrible joke I regret making. <laughs> it's excellent. But, uh, yeah, I totally get that where it confuses the signal of, like, is this person safe? Mm-hmm. Safe? Mm-hmm. Yes? No? Mm-hmm. I think it also has that, like, the with the confusing bit, like, it's... In our, a clown in your head, you know, is supposed to be an entertainer, something in a circus, which is supposed to be a fun, like, family-friendly, like, you think of a clown and what it's supposed to be, but then also what your own, maybe subconscious or whatever, is telling you about how uncomfortable it's making you. So, like, that, like, overlap and that dichotomy, I think I can, I think it's an interesting, interesting way to take it, but. I, uh, uh, may I read my favorite quote about Clowns, which is from Making Money by Terry Pratchett. That's Lord Vetinari, who I love, mm-hmm. saying uh, require saying that people hate clowns because clowns aren't really funny, but instead are tragic. Uh, saying they are tragic, and we laugh at their tragedy as we laugh at our own. The painted grin leers out at us from the darkness, mocking our insane belief in order, logic, status, and the reality of reality. The mask knows that we are born in the banana skin that leads only to the open manhole cover of doom, and all we can help for is cheers from the crowd. The uh, Fool's Guild in uh, Ankhmore Pork and Discworld is just, like, just... It's all of, like, the classic clown tricks, 
but no one thinks they're funny. And it's unbearably grim and incredible. <laughs> Excellent. One character from Making Money, who I like very much, uh, escaped from a history with a... a, a Escape from a clowning family to run off with a uh, traveling troupe of accountants. <laughs> they have Excellent. this passage where they describe how he walks. He has like he's otherwise like immaculately dressed, but he walks like lifting his feet carefully and moving them as if he were wearing clown shoes. Clown shoes, oh. and it's such brilliant foreshadowing. Sorry if anyone is spoiled by this, but. Uh, but it's just such a beautiful description of movement. <laughs> Excellent. That's pretty cool, though. I love that. There are um, a few urban legends related to clowns. And like we mentioned earlier, back a couple of years ago, when that fad was very large of people going out as clowns and harassing or supposedly like hurting people. Maybe they, maybe they did. I don't know. I think it was just like a fear-mongering thing that people just do because people are mean sometimes. Have we talked about that same clown posse? We have not. It's almost a crime. I have them listed in my pop culture, but okay. we have not talked about them yet. Because I feel like Insane Clown Posse, why do I always think of Guy Fieri? Oh, <laughs> because, I know why. Yeah. But uh, Insane Clown Posse, the hip-hop duo, mm-hmm. uh, most well-known for not being sure how magnets work, but uh, the idea of the juggalo, which is a aesthetic <laughs> of, like, a very aesthetic of evil clown, but mm. also, like, very high clown mm. that I think we uh, can all fear and respect. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know how juggalos are. Uh, the feminine is a juggalette, by the way. Oh, I didn't know that. So, again, they're not they're not clowns, but they do adopt, like, the clown mm-hmm. face paint. Mm-hmm. Um, although, it in some of them, it has kind of a kiss feel, where it's, like, yeah. the metal take on clowns. Yes. And... I just wanted to talk about Juggalos. <laughs> wow, there's a Wikipedia list of common characteristics of identifying a member of the Juggalo subculture. Oh my god. Ahem. Drinking and spraying the inexpensive, inexpensive soft drink, Fago. <laughs> Listening to horrorcore and other kinds of underground rap music. Mm-hmm. Wearing face paint, paint, generally those evil like an evil clown or similar to corpse paint. Doing the gesture of the wicked clown, making and responding to whoop whoop calls, uh, expressing a generally tongue in cheek obsession with murder committed with a blade weapon. Mm-hmm. What? Excellent. Yeah. Uh, so people say it might be catharsis for aggression. Mm. What's well, not? Uh-huh. <laughs> no more comment. Anyway, what do you have? Um, I do want to say that really quick. How? I guess I didn't really realize until I was doing this research how much of an impact on this whole trope that it had. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't even, I like, I knew that, like, the, I didn't know if it was a reacting to that sort of genre of, of horror or if it was kind of a trailblazer. And it turns out it kind of was. And I mean, it wasn't the sole one, but really, um, the Joker, Pennywise. And in St. Composse, all had three very different, very distinct, huge ripples in the, the just the trope of having an evil clown. Or, like, clown-style music. I think the Insane Clown Posse, uh, they inspired a whole, like, smattering of, of similarly genre music groups and stuff. But I was like, that's really, like, 
bizarre that like I can just tell you that those three things had some of the largest impact on that and I think that's pretty cool I was very interested to see um, when it was published versus when John Wayne Gacy's crimes came to light and um, it came out after yeah so John Wayne Gacy um, was finally captured I think in 19... 78 and it came out in 1986 so there's mm-hmm. every possibility that that oh it um, definitely was obelisk. i think I, I think it was um a, a little bit inspired by and or reactionary because I, it was a huge again yeah. big public hype to try to give more attention to this evil yeah. um, thing even though that wasn't actually his mo while he was you know doing bad things it was literally just a day job that they yeah sensationalized and um Ooh. apparently offenders like that sometimes just like enjoy having attention it's but it's like the um the cruel thrill of knowing like I'm in this space where you feel safe, you're not safe. Isn't that funny for me? Mm-hmm. A clown. Yeah, and I think also kind of there's a mindset of a certain type of people that enjoys I guess harassment in a very specific type of way in mm-hmm. which I no longer have to do anything. You are all now afraid of a thing because of me. Yeah. And I, I'm not, I'm here, I'm here, and I will never interact with all these people who are now afraid of a thing because of yeah. me. And so, yeah, it's not so great, but, you know. Clowns. Don't give attention to serial killers. Yeah. Don't. Don't. No. They don't deserve their own cult. Mm-mm. Um, let's see, I have a couple of ur- urban legends that started going around. Uh, of an ex- there's one of an extremely sinister or dangerous monster clown in Bradford, which was rumored to be doing things from peering in windows to robbing people or stabbing people. Um, the police department does consider it a hoax. Urban legends, I suppose, and I think that was around a sim- either similarly timed to the you know clown thing a couple years ago. There's another one of evil clown sightings known as phantom clowns, which is a very fun name and I'm a fan of. Um, that go back to, like, 1981 in, uh, Brooklyn, Brookline, Brooklyn, Massachusetts, and kids would say that dudes dressed up as clowns were trying to, like, lure them away, again, very Pennywise-esque, and there was a huge panic that spread about it, again, reminiscent of what happened a couple years ago, everything is cyclical, um, throughout the Midwest and the Northeast specifically. It resurfaced again in 1985 in Phoenix, and 91 in West Orange, New Jersey, in 95 in Honduras, and later in 2008 in Chicago. And uh, explanations for it have ranged from Stephen King's book uh, to the serial killer John Wayne Gracie to just panic, you know, influenced by people being afraid of clowns now, and they just, people like to, again, stir the pot when possible. Um, And, uh... There's clown stuff, evil clown stuff tied to uh, satanic ritual stuff, so that's fun. People are like, it's, they're satanic, and also they're clowns, and I think that's fun. Um, but uh, in most cases, the reports are made by kids. And I like to think of clowns as godless. Yeah. And not worshipping Satan either. They're no. agents of pure chaos. Yeah, they're chaotic. They have no master. Yes. No gods, no master. We die like clowns. Yes. Um, but most, this is, I thought was kind of interesting. In most cases, the reports were made by children. No adults or police officers Mm -hmm. were able to confirm the sightings, which again, very Pennywise. If I was a kid, I'd definitely make something like that up. But I'm just saying, that's very Pennywise-esque. That's the whole, we can't trust the adults because they can't see 
the horror, which is also a brand of genre that I think is very intriguing, and, like, the type of, like, only the kids Oh, like in uh, Spiderwick, where... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, only the kids can see this, only the kids no, can, can right. stop you know this. You what I mean, though. Yeah, yeah, I got you. But, um, I, I think that's very an intriguing, just, like, part of a, Polar of a story. Polar Express. Polar Express. Yeah, things, I, I don't know, I think it's cool. Full circle. Full circle back to Tom Hanks. Has Tom Hanks ever been a clown? In I anything don't know. ever? I'm gonna Google it. Has he been a clown in real life, possibly? Ever been a <laughs> clown? Well, I'm gonna go ahead and say yes, just for comedy. Not, I mean, it doesn't look like Ugh. it, unfortunately. If Tom Hanks is ever, ever plays a clown in anything ever, we can legally claim credit for that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They'll put out the movie and say, hey, you have to give us a pay, mm-hmm. uh, you have to give us dividends for this. Mm-hmm. Um, we came up with the idea of this just... actor being in this thing. <laughs> in 2013, residents in the UK of Northampton, uh, there was apparently uh, someone wandering around the town wearing a mask very similar to uh, Tim Curry's Pennywise. Yeah, message. I think that's what I was remembering. Yeah, and he was yelling out lines from the movie, which makes me laugh. Uh, and it was just some, like, a 22-year-old, you know, wreaking havoc, but I think that's, like, like, I am going to be, I am Tim Curry. I'm gonna be around, I'm just gonna run around yelling, beep, beep, Richie, and we all float down here. I like that Tim Curry embodies both the frightening Mm -hmm. and the extremely sexy sides of (laughs) face paint, where he can either be, uh, he can either be Rocky Horror, where it's, like, Oh, oh, I yeah. thought you meant specifically in Pennywise. No! I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, continue with your thought process. Awful. Alright. Pennywise just... is not sexy. I'm sorry, anyone. Pennywise is not. Not okay? sexy. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was going with it, don't but that was be, like, I wasn't gonna... shame people here. <laughs> this is your fault for even thinking that. Obviously, I mean Rocky Horror. I don't know. You were talking about Pennywise, and you said Jim Curry can embody face paint something, etc. I was like, well, all right. And, Prince, and that's the Prince of Darkness. Come on. <laughs> Anyways, Pennywise Caitlin isn't has sexy. Watched three movies, okay? I and most of them are it related. <laughs> most of them were made in 1975 or are Stephen King's It and various variations of it. <laughs> what I'm saying is that Tim Curry is a very good character actor. Yes. yes. And, uh,. I'm mad now. <laughs> I do love the like, like uh, evil smoker voice that he does for Pennywise. Mm-hmm. I think it's. We were talking about it when we watched the miniseries and then the movies a little bit ago with some friends, and it was like going from watching Bill Skarsgård to Tim Curry being like, "This is very goofy, very dopey." Da da da. It was Bill Skarsgård, and then uh, Tim Curry's like, "I've been smoking for forty five years." Like it's so. They're so different, and they're both very fun, but. It's very, very cool. You're familiar with The Worst Witch? No. Well, the only, the most important part is, imagine, um, Little Witch Academy, but a movie. Okay. Um, but most importantly, there's a part where Tim Curry sings a song called Anything Can Happen on Halloween. Oh my god, that's a beautiful photo. I'll show you the video later. I can't believe you haven't seen it. Are you really, you really can't believe that I haven't seen Oh, that's true. (laughs) Anything can happen on Halloween. No. Dog could turn into a cat. Excellent. Anyway, um, yeah. 
I do have, before we move into Pop Culture Corner... We're I'm, not at Pop Culture Corner. No, I want to run through... This is I, a bundled with Pop Culture Corner. Ooh. I want to run through... Nice little bundle. ...the different clown tropes in media, oh. as uh, according to tvtropes.org, which is my favorite website. I love you, tvtropes.org. Bless you, tvtropes. So, there is a lot of them, and a lot more ones than I've seen. So, this is tropes in regards to a type of clown, or just, like, clown tropes, mm-hmm. which is a thing. Um, cartoon juggling, yeah. because they juggle a lot. Uh, clown school. Mm. Clown species, which is when clowns are portrayed as being humanoid species of their own. That's amazing. It's excellent. Uh, the fool, which is just a ridiculously lucky person with an overly cheerful attitude. The happy harlequin hat, which is, you know, just a multi-pointed jester hat. The jester, a character who makes a fool of himself to make others laugh, which includes actual court jesters. The magical clown, so one with magical powers, being mistaken for a clown, someone being mistaken for a clown or a jester because they're wearing an outlandish outfit, uh, monster clown, clown is even scary, uh, practically joker, a villain with clear imitation, with, who is a clear imitation of the joker, uh, non-ironic clown, just a, what a clown is j- supposed to be, <laughs> just a, j- just a clown, uh, robot clown, Robot clown. Uh, sad clown. Someone who masks their negative feelings by joking around. Slapstick, which is physical comedy. Sexy jester, which is attractive people dressed as clowns. <laughs> um, the unwitting comedian, the one who everyone laughs at even though they're trying to be serious. Uh, villainous harlequin, which is an evil clown who is silly rather than terrifying. Interesting. And then your mime makes it real, so when a, a mime trick actually makes, like, invisible object, which is very cartoonish and stuff, so. That is a list of, um, clown tropes via tvtropes.org. Oh, I almost forgot that. I feel like I should mention the only, uh, current clown I know of who is, like, doing stuff on the popular stage, which is Mike Geyer as Puddles, <laughs> the clown. Excellent. Doing Puddles Pity Party, <laughs> who is very specifically, uh, a character- uh, alter ego where he's a sad clown but uh, I've actually never seen one of his shows so I couldn't tell you what he does but he is a singer entertainer and leader of the band King Size interesting so he was just who I was thinking of he has like a fun little crown that sits off center <laughs> it's very tall Cute. I love it alright okay so we'll move into pop culture so clowns are very pervasive in pop culture so, because this is our Halloween episode, I specifically picked things in pop culture that are for scary or evil or monster clowns. Nice. And it's still an unbelievably long list. So, we have anything that has allusions to actual characters in who are based on evil clowns. The Far Side, Hot Frog, a girl in public mentioned earlier, Goosebumps, Dumbo, Night Before Christmas, Brave Little Toaster, Wreck-It Ralph, Inside Out, Minions, Gore Screaming Show, Madness Combat, Homestar Runner, Death Battle, Scooby-Doo, Supernatural, Final Fantasy VI, League of Legends, One Piece, Digimon, Doctor Who, Simpsons, Ben Ted, Cabin in the Woods, Dead Rising, Metalocalypse, Steam King's It, obviously Batman, Insane Clown Posse. Uh, Did you say Bill and Ted? I have not. Okay. You said something else that sounded like it and I got confused. Uh, Ben 10? Oh, never mind. <laughs> Theater of Fear, Poltergeist, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, Zombieland, Clown House, the wrestling persona Doink the Clown, as I mentioned earlier, Spawn, Homestuck, mm. <laughs> Heavy Rain, Twisted Metal, Narc, Carnival of Souls, The Clown at Midnight, Camp Blood, Fear of Clowns, 100 Tears, Drive Through, The Last Circus, Clown Camp Massacre, Ginger Clown, 
Sloppy the Psychotic, Killjoy, House of a Thousand Corpses, Scarier Die, Stitches, All the Hallows Eve, Terrifier, American Horror Story, Are You Afraid of the Dark, Clown, and Behind the Sightings. And again, there I'm sure there are many, many more, but this is a list that I have compiled. <laughs> oh, it's pervasive, baby. Everyone oh, likes heck. scary clowns. Oh, heck. <laughs> the honking is back. It's not a very good honk, but I'm doing my best. Alex said that she's going to bring us clown noses when she visits. Yeah! <laughs> I'm about. looking forward to Our it. Our very talented friend Fozfens is doing a cosplay of uh, one of the endings from Fire Emblem where a character becomes a street performer, a.k.a. a clown. Excellent. And it's great. It's very cute. It's incredible. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Stonehouses. Our next episode goes up November 3rd? Probably. Sure. We'll go with that. Uh, we've mentioned before, we're going to PAX Unplugged. That'll be cool. Yay. We're very excited about it. Uh, we have a coffee, so if you have a couple of dollars you'd like to give to us to support our trip to Clown College, you can find us at ko-fi.com. I want to learn how to ride uh, a unicycle. There is... Was, were you with me when we saw it? There was a dude just yeah, riding a unicycle? Yeah, we were driving back from somewhere and just a guy aggressively biking across <gasps> It was after we saw... Um, it, it was after Everybody we saw, saw it, it. <laughs> uh, aggressively biking across an uh, intersection on a unicycle, like a very in the big middle, like unicycle. in the middle of the night. Yeah, okay. middle of the night, as if he were commuting on a bike, mm -hmm. and very aggressive, like had to was running from something, is what it looks yeah. like. <laughs> and I was too slow to take my phone to film him, <laughs> and I regret it to this day. <laughs> anyway, send us to clown college so Bernard can learn how to ride unicycles. Send me to clown college. <laughs> Uh, oh, we're big shoes. Big shoes. <laughs> Hong Kong. Uh, if you enjoyed what you heard today, please share our show with a friend and rate, review, subscribe. Uh, it means a lot to us, and it tells the podcast hosting sites that we are worth a listen, and they might show our show to uh, more people. Please do it. It means it yeah. seems small, but it does a lot. It really does a lot. And we read all of them, and on ones that I know exist, I think our show is on places that I don't even know that it's there, so I can't see those ones, but... We, I do rounds every once in a while and check them out, so thank you to everyone who has been doing that. It's very nice. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you can check us out at StonehousesCast on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook.com forward slash StonehousesCast. Um, and again, as always, if you follow us on Twitter, you get more sneak peeks and you get you can see the art early and there is extra content and yeah, all the stuff we talk about that have visuals that we say we'll post that all goes there. Um, I do, we have one response for what do mothman's short shorts say on the butt and this is from gabriel who says clearly the mothman short shorts say what his mouthless face cannot beware <laughs> which be is excellent a short shorts. it would be very good if you have if you can think of anything else to put on mothman's ass please tell us and we will read it on the show because i'll tell us what pennywise would put on <laughs> what does pen the tell us every episode shorts. you need to tell us what the character would have on their short shorts. So, this week, this coming week, you can tell us either Mothman or Pennywise. What would they I don't care. I just want to know about these short, short shorts. shorts. What would they have on their short shorts? I'm a fan. Um, uh, thank you to those of you who have been tweeting or posting about our show and promoting us and sharing us with others. We appreciate you getting the word out very, very much. We don't, we don't advertise. Like, we don't, this is it. This, we just do this every week. And you guys are the ones who kind of share it and show it off to other people. And it means a lot. Um, so thank you to John, CF History, Remy, and Toby. Uh, you can post about us and tag us at Stonehouses Cast or using hashtag 
Stonehouse is cast so we can see it and appreciate you. And we can all just be the clowns we've always been meant to be together. This is turning into a good song. Excellent. This has been Stonehouses, an amateur guide to fiction, fable, and folklore. I'm Caitlin Bruder. And I'm Pagliacci! <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.